I'm Martin SFP Bryant, and you're listening to Geek Out Weekly. Every Friday, Matt Navarra and I get together on Twitter Spaces to discuss the week's social media news based on what's in our weekly Geek Out social media newsletter, which also comes out on Fridays. This week, we chewed over Twitter's ideas to tackle abuse, ads in Oculus VR, the pros and cons of letting people scrape data from our social profiles, and lots more. So now let's go over to Matt to kick things off. We're going to run through this week's Geek Out newsletter, which I put out every Friday. It went out about an hour or so ago, and it's pinned to this space. Uh, So all of the uh, new things, funny things, things that went wrong in social media world or the world of social media managers this week. And uh, yeah, we discuss the stories. And if anyone does want to speak about any of these sorts of things or has a different viewpoint or anything, then by all means, jump in, uh, request to speak. Um, sometimes we get the odd request and, and, and then it disappears. And so we don't pull anyone in. And some weeks, I think people just quite like listening in and just tuning in and, and vegging out because it's the end of the week and they want to relax. So uh, whatever anyone wants to do is fine by us. So um, yeah, shall we get cracking and have a look at some of the stuff that's been going on this week so let me just bring up the this week's newsletter for some reason it just decided to uh, shut on me um so first things and um, i spotted so the facebook's i'm going to start rolling out some of its podcast features and um, so he's been talking about this for a few weeks now a bit longer and and, and how you're going to be able to link a page to a podcast podcast rss feed uh, and a few other features tying into like this audio uh, sort of renaissance at the moment so and that's going to be out in the u.s but I think it's next week and then the other features that we're waiting for like their newsletter tools bulletin and and some other bits and pieces are going to come out further down the line um, doesn't seem to be any sign of it coming out in Europe just yet but I don't think it'll be very long um, Spotify I'm, I'm talking about audio have also launched their uh, equivalent of Twitter spaces or Clubhouse called Green Room and I only quickly jumped into it uh, earlier on yesterday and it's remarkably similar to every other kind of audio spaces <laughs> out, out there um, but I do think it's it's got a nice little hook if the fact that you are into doing podcasts and you're, you're already using Anchor to produce a podcast or you want to build a sort of a podcast recording off the back of doing a kind of live room space like this, for example, then it makes it really easy to do that because there's a feature in there, I think, which can convert your live space in green room to um, to a podcast feed and then uh, and farm it out. And uh, that could be a very useful tool. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm what do you reckon? I'm just surprised that given it's Spotify, they didn't launch with some live chats with musicians, uh, that kind of thing. You'd expect it to be something like that. But I opened the app and it's all exactly the same kind of stuff that is the worst of Clubhouse. Like, come and chat about blah, blah, you know, just the kind of, you know, the kind of trashy conversations you see in in. Uh, clubhouse that you think oh well fair enough if people like this you know know, almost along the lines of those kind of listen silently and network with everyone um those kinds of things that you see on clubhouse all those kind of things are all there in in green room when you first open the app and it weirdly seems to auto follow 13 people from your account um i I tweeted about it earlier and someone said did your account auto follow 13 people i was like really it did how bizarre yeah yeah and it Uh, adds you to two random groups i'm like in an nfl group and an nba group and i'm like well i have no interest in either so (laughs) very strange well yeah and i think this the whole issue around discovery stuff um, around audio is going to be really tricky and i think that's why people like um company like facebook and others who've got more tech behind it and ready to go and will have better ways to kind of identify the topics and things that people want to listen 
to and place it in the right places for them to to discover. So uh, Clubhouse and maybe even Spotify to some degree are going to struggle with this more than, than maybe Spaces and, and Facebook's equivalent. So uh, we will soon see. Um, in other news, uh, um, Facebook group admins, um, there's some great new updates in the uh, new uh, admin tools update that came out this week. Uh, what The one that stood out for me was a feature that enables uh, group admins to be able to, well, at the moment, you can pin a post to the top as an announcement post. But they don't really do much. You know, it, maybe it gives it an algorithmic boost within groups. I, I don't know. But certainly it doesn't, it doesn't appear to get seen more because unless you go directly to the group um, like landing page within the app to sort of navigate through the group in its entirety, which most people don't, you kind of see a post from the group you're in within your normal news feed you don't see those announcement posts well now apparently you're going to be able to when you select a, as an admin an announcement post and make it an announcement post it sends a notification to every group member so you can imagine if you've got like a podcast or a newsletter or whatever it is you want to promote or a sponsor post or something and you pin it in the group and it's going to send a notification to for my group twenty five thousand people that's a pretty powerful tool to be used for marketing but um whether it'll be abused is another question but um but some other features are just going to run through the other ones i've and they're in there there's a new like admin home feature which makes sort of simplifies finding all the tools and settings and uh, bits and bobs and they've upgraded the admin assistant so there's a lot more auto moderation options you can turn on and, and sort of modify and control for alerting you to kind of there's a fight kicking off in the in the comments <laughs> section on one of the posts and stuff that which is, is actually, useful that is really is. useful because at the moment, if there's lots of things that you can do in groups and can cause the group to be flagged and risk you know, a group admin losing their group or having the group suspended or, or whatever. Uh, and of course, if you approve a post that later, for whatever reason, is rightly or wrongly moderated by Facebook for breaking community rules and stuff, um, and comments and discussions about things like that, you know, these things you want to be alerted to. So this is another one of those tools that will help you make sure that your group's not going to get in itself into trouble and also just to have a healthier kind of community as well and be on top of it, particularly if you've got a busy group and you haven't got many uh, moderators or admins. But there's a, there's a whole bunch of other AI kind of features built into all of this stuff to slow down conversations. So on a post that's getting really active and busy with a conversation, it could be, you know, polarizing topic or something. You can just tap as an admin to slow those comments down and limit people to like one every five minutes or, or whatever. They're kind of, I think there's a time limit limited on there. But there's a whole bunch of other ones. I won't go through them all now, but there's, there's some really useful bits. It's uh, in the newsletter. It's one of the second or third bullets down there. Um, Twitter Spaces, talking about audio again, is um, and now enabled you to um, get a recording of the hosts only to get a recording of their space. But what this feels like is just a quick, uh, like hacky way of doing it because they haven't built the feature out. Because at the moment, to do this, hosts have to go into their your data section of their uh, of the app or in the, uh, on the desktop and then request your data. And within there, there's a file which has the audio file. So it feels a bit kind of you know basic at the moment, doesn't it? I don't think it's built for purpose, but, um, but surely that might might change soon enough. And then um, Instagram has got um, someone spotted that you got post-level insights. So, you know, when you want to, as a Somebody's posted something. You want to know how many, you know, the stats of how the post is performing. Uh, previously, I'm led to believe because I don't use desktop very much for Instagram.com anymore, and you couldn't get that information there on desktop. But apparently now you can for individual posts, or at least some people can. So, um, what do you make of this, Mark? The the ASA decision this week about the naming and shaming of social media influencers. Did you catch this? Yeah, yeah, good idea. Good idea. I think so. They're going to um, set up a website. There's going to lots of website where uh, um, they will uh, display the names of influencers who have broken the rules, um, uh, and they'll be up on the website for at least three months. And I think that's a good idea because if they're just if they're just going to quietly wrap their knuckles and not tell anyone, 
then you don't, there's no social kind of pressure to follow the rules. You might just continue kind of just thinking, well, you know, I'll break the rules and if I get caught, then I'll change my ways. But it's worth worth the extra, you know, the, the extra boost I get from not following the rules, you know, not disclosing an ad um, rather than uh, rather than worrying too much. If, it, if, it, if I'm not going to get called out as uh, a bad person um, by uh, the ASA, then, then uh, you know, I'll take the hit. But, oh, uh, well. but yeah, I think it's a yeah. good idea. I think also the fact is you've got to hit them where it hurts with this sort of stuff. And uh, a celebrity, I think there's you know anything where it's going to impact their ego or their their image, their brand image mm. is going to is going to be a nice exactly. motivation to to do something about something. So yeah, I think that's a smart move. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't been done sooner, but I think there's a lot of things we say that for these days. Um, yeah. Amazon seems to be blaming facebook now for its fake reviews problem or at least it's kind of giving it a nudge towards it they don't come out and outright say facebook is a fault but social media i think is the term maybe used um and i think i can't remember who i read it today i think it was in casey newton's platform a um, newsletter where he says that um he's getting used to the, the basically piss poor pr and, and sort of tactics and skills of, of, of amazon at the moment with the way that they're kind of spinning things uh, and someone else i think read somewhere saying like um that, that a multi-billion pound uh, profit organization tech company is complaining about that the, it's the other tech company with a multi-billion pounds that's causing the problem rather than spending it money and time just fixing the issue themselves and dealing with that but there, there is something in the fact that uh, facebook and other platforms have these you know groups and communities which are there for you know generating schemes to kind of get fake reviews and scour them and, and recruit people to do it and, and organize themselves and, uh, and sort of sell that. So, yeah, you know, what, what do you think? Fair, fair reason to kind of lay the blame at social media or they just get on and fix it? Well, they need to get on and fix it, don't they? They, they, uh, it, it, they you can't really blame the tools other people use um, to, to, to uh, exploit your own problems. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think, uh, Amazon should uh, fix its own problems before uh, looking too 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 far elsewhere. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And um, and there was an article someone flagged to me about this um, on in a, on BBC News about um, the um, companies, businesses setting themselves up and making a quite good amount of money in uh, this year and, and probably in the last few years, but particularly this year in um, sports stars wanting to basically check and clean up their social media image by having their accounts audited and and drains up to sort of check for any posts that might come back to haunt them and all that kind of stuff this is not something that's a new you know new business enterprise and there are tools that are automated that can help you do it and free ones and, and other ones as well spammy ones but um i think uh, there's more money in it now and so if you can get the work for someone who's going to spend a seemingly quite large amounts of money for effectively what i believe to be for a fairly simple job for a, a decent social media manager or digital sort of savvy person to go through and check their accounts and there's a couple of tools that you can use to make it a bit easier but people are making a lot of money from it so if you if you offer social media freelance services you should add that to your repertoire because it <laughs> um, sounds like you can make a bit of money um so some other bits as well um uh, a quick sort of plug about the thing we launched this week i guess so we um the social media geek out stuff we've now expanded again to a third newsletter and we do a, a third one which is called the diary of a social media manager which is actually written by uh, for any of you that follows on instagram and working social they said meme account 
perfect for social media managers. Um, the person behind that account is going to be uh, diarising their daily li- life as a social media manager each week, starting on the 1st of July, with all sorts of stuff that comes in their DMs and things that um, rumours that they're hearing, uh, top accounts to follow, uh, kind of tr- stuff that's trending on TikTok, just really stuff that social media managers kind of uh, are in the thick of all the time, but kind of some of the gossip and uh, scandal behind it as well. So um, that's out now uh, as a teaser, and you can get a link, there's a link to it in the newsletter, and uh, it'll come out launched officially on July the 1st. Um, and our great friends at uh, Hootsuite are going to sponsor it, which is super cool. Um, a few other bits. Uh, Apple and its emoji keyboard. Did you see this one this week, Martin? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is uh, this is this is really interesting. So uh, this is uh, um, the idea that uh, Apple's emoji keyboard is reinforcing a lot of Western stereotypes. And uh, this is uh, an article that comes from Rest of World, which is a much needed publication. It's uh, it, it pre- presents perspectives on tech from around the world and stories about tech from around the world that we just don't hear enough in the kind of western you know kind of english-speaking western world of kind of north america and uh, and western europe uh, and so uh, yeah um uh, for example, uh, iPhone users can now locate the heart eyes emoji by searching for love. Uh, but when people look for different geographic regions or countries, such as China or Africa, Apple's emoji keyboard sometimes spits back recommendations that reinforce Western stereotypes like mud huts and things like that. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, interesting things that just wouldn't really you wouldn't really think about necessarily unless you really dig into that stuff. And uh, yeah, probably things that have kind of not not really kind of been. Uh, noticed inside Apple um, because they just kind of get on and do it and it's probably just done automatically but Mm. uh, clearly things that need fixing yeah absolutely um and uh wouldn't be a week of talking about social media stuff if we didn't talk about verification uh this uh, there's a couple of things on this um so um, adam mosery from instagram instagram's boss said that uh he's done a video with which was part of creators week i think uh and it's like some tips and advice and pointers around the whole verification and and things it's sold as kind of tips um for verification but for me it feels like most of it's quite common sense but i think for others that maybe have not gone through the process it could be quite useful and somebody just flagged me and i tweeted out a moment ago that um some people now on instagram who have, are trying to request verification in app it's giving them additional information they can put in there to kind of support their requests whereas before it was just there you could put your name your id attached to it um and the category that you sort of feel that you should be reason for being verified verified um now you can attach uh, additional information about who your or you think your audience is uh, and also links to specific Con- pieces of content or news articles that support your claim that, that there's a reason why you should be verified whatever which is uh, some additional uh, options in, in the verification form but i can't see that in in some of the accounts that i've looked at that i manage um random video i saw this week i don't know if you saw that 124 movie lines quotes clips from movies mashed up in a supercut to the, to the song of you spin me right round uh, I, didn't see, I didn't actually watch this yeah <laughs> yeah there's a link at the bottom it's the most random thing uh, but let's go into some <laughs> of the more serious news and um, yeah twitter and it's um anti-abuse tools there's a few bits that have come out this week to do with sort of tackling the problem some of it's only kind of like ideas or mock-ups and things but um you know let's walk through those what do you think of the ideas here should we go through them yeah so this was um uh, shared by a uh, privacy engineer at twitter this week um just some mock-ups ideas uh such as the ability to unmention yourself from other people's tweets so if somebody mentions you and you can look at the tweet and go oh i'd rather not be mentioning that tweet 
tweet because I get all these horrible replies. So uh, um, you can you can pull yourself out of that tweet uh, and also alerts for if someone who you don't follow uh, mentions you. Especially useful if you're someone who gets a lot of abuse. Uh, that could be really useful. And also the ability to block people from mentioning you in tweets again if you pull your t- your mention out of their tweets or your ability to say I never want this person to ever mention me on Twitter and you can <laughs> block them entirely from mentioning you and uh, normally when Twitter announces ideas around safety people kind of roll their eyes and go oh yeah yeah t- 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 too little too late come on you should have done this years ago here I have seen nothing but praise for this idea. The only only like people criticizing it are obvious troll accounts that will be a bit annoyed they can't uh, troll people more more easily. So if you click the quote tweet um, but, uh, button for uh, that uh, thread and look through, it's so much praise for this idea. So I'd be very surprised if they don't do it because it, it, it's something that's much needed. I agree. I think these are great um, feature ideas, and and sometimes these they seem like really obvious ideas. And why weren't they there before? But it's only obvious when you start actually playing around with it. And uh, and there's a million other things that people could want or uh, Twitter could do. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I, I've seen lots of positive um, sort of praise for this. Um, I don't know if anyone here is listening in has got views on on these features as being particularly good new features ahead of maybe other Twitter features that um, they could add, or whether they these ones they would use. So if you've got a particular view on it or you can see what problems that maybe um, they're not seeing with with these um, tw- and these options for tweets then it'd be interesting to hear what uh, what some of other people think but um but yeah and by the way usually if, um, in the emoji reactions i'm always keen to hear what other people or see what other people think about some of these stories in terms of whether uh, you find them interesting or, or it's a good thing or a bad thing so if you use the emoji reactions that are in uh, twitter spaces uh, it's good for us all to see uh, what everyone else is thinking at the same time um as you write your life story You're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. Dot Georgetown dot edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. But let's talk about Facebook and its Oculus Quest um, ads um, sort of news. And so it, it's not particularly news that they're, they're putting ads eventually into Oculus. That's kind of what uh, they do with all their products because it is an ads business, ad targeting business, and uh, everything's funded by for, for us to have it free, or seemingly that's what we're led to believe by the fact that it's an ads platform. Um, but there's lots of sort of could be potential like minds here to be stopped stepped on by facebook in terms of how they could play this and, and how cautious they need to be and and the because vr is going to be a much more intense experience as and, and than say the average kind of um, ads you'll see elsewhere because of the way it's so immersive and also the, the more data the additional data that maybe we haven't been used to kind of giving up around our physical bodies if we're wearing smartwatches which link to a vr headset or if there's other information about your height or your weight or whatever 
if you're doing fitness things in, in, in VR. So Facebook has come out and given some detail around how it plans to slowly introduce and test ads to support the developer, you know, developers and, and build an ecosystem out and things. And it's clearly not deci- decided that actually, you know what, businesses funded by ad products are not necessarily the best for us. We don't have a good track record. Maybe we should try and make money in other ways. But um, that, they're going with the ads um, thing, which makes, <laughs> makes sense at the moment. Um, what do you make of kind of the, the um, way they, they're handling the comms of this and also in general about ads in VR? I think they're handling the comms well. Uh, they uh, are giving people advance warning about this. Uh, they're testing it in uh, a very limited number of uh, just, just three games initially. And uh, then they'll see how it's uh, how people respond to it. Uh, Andrew Bosworth, who we mention uh, on this uh, a lot, uh, on this on this uh, podcast a lot, said um, ads in VR will be different from ads elsewhere. And this is a space that will, uh, that will take time and people's feedback to get right, which is the right tone to set. And you can be kind of suspicious of Facebook all you like. But this is the right tone for them to set for this um rather than just going all in and saying we're opening to all the ads in all the games um because it is a different experience and if ads are really in your face in a game they're just going to spoil the experience of the game uh, and if you're looking around in a game for oh where, where's the uh, where's the where's the ad targeted at me then that's not going to go down well. And uh, if they sell the same ad that you put on, you know, if you can go go through your, your Facebook ads and you can uh, put it into, I don't know, uh, an Instagram story and uh, a Facebook post and an Oculus, um, an Oculus game, then it's not going to be, not necessarily going to work the same way. And I, I do worry slightly that, a lot of ads will look kind of out of place in some kind of, you know, futuristic city setting and you, you get an ad for uh, a, a local lawnmower repairs business or whatever so lots of questions about how it will work but yeah um, they were bound to do this all along so uh, yeah uh, we've just got to accept it really haven't we I don't know. Just a flag. Something I've been listening to this week. It's sort of tied into this. Um, if anyone has never um, heard of or tuned into Benedict Evans Evans stuff, he's got a great blog, great newsletter, but also he has a podcast which is called the. Um, this thing is called Another Podcast. Uh, that's the name. And <laughs> search for Benedict, Benedict Evans, and it's re- really fascinating listening. They're talking this week about the um, all this stuff to do with Apple and its um, WWDC stuff and uh, privacy, and and they often will talk about stuff that ties in with some of the themes of social media and data privacy and, and it actually makes sense of it because Benedict Evans is just I could spend listening to for an hour like just no he's just an oracle of information just <laughs> sees sees five things down the line as to where this is all leading so if you get a chance look for another podcast on there and Benedict Evans and you'll have a good listen um yeah I th- you know I agree with, on all this stuff to do with the VR um ad stuff um the, 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 there's not a great deal here that to me feels like it's surprising or new and this is the approach they seem to be taking with with anything to do with uh, their activity now and this whole kind of like we're going to just tell you everything up front as much as we can and, and look at least appear to be as transparent as we can be there's probably a lot that we're not obviously not knowing and lots of stuff that mm. other people would like to know more about but um i, I you can't really criticize them for, for certainly the, the way yeah. they're handling it the only other issue around it is the issue around Oculus being the dominant VR platform and yeah. not really being much competition and if VR gaming can only really be done through a thing where you often have to buy the games and then you have to uh, see ads in them as well, then it's not necessarily that great. Um, although ads are being inserted into, you know, AAA games on 
high-end consoles as well so it's not it's not unique to this uh but there is perhaps an issue around there not being a lot of competition in the vr world at the moment um and uh, certainly uh you know there's been people flagging up that uh this week uh, but i do think that uh, we're still a little way away from vr being the must-have thing in everyone's homes and people like sony you know there's supposedly a, a new playstation vr headset coming next year uh there are companies out there that will be happy to uh, jump on the VR bandwagon relatively quickly if uh, if it looks like it's really taking off. And uh, you know, you're not going to get, for example, Nintendo games on Oculus or uh, you know the top um, PlayStation or Xbox exclusives on there. So there's still a lot of uh, VR experiences uh, outside the Oculus world as well. <laughs> Yeah, so it's going to be a massive taste of competition over the coming years, and, and Facebook's staking its claim in there and, and really heavily investing in it. And, and, and to be fair, all, all the tech companies are, are seeing either seeing the same or following that lead because they're all, like you say, designing some sort of AR VR sort of products. And the, we know Apple is and a few others. So yeah, it's a it's a watch with watch this space for more information as to where that goes. But um, in a in a change of pace, let's talk about LinkedIn and data, which doesn't sound a very exciting thing at all. Was LinkedIn isn't always the most exciting of the social platforms and also data tends to be kind of fairly tiring as well um but this one's quite an important one because this is to do with the um, the, uh, issues of public data scraping and companies or apps and tools that sort of feed into these um, platforms and they're able to scrape uh, any information you put on your public facing uh, profiles and then use it for various other purposes Um, and uh, there was a company in in the us actually it was called uh, is it high q who wanted to or use trying to connect to LinkedIn's platform to, to do, do this in an industrial level uh, volume um, for its per own benefits uh, and uh, I, uh, LinkedIn tried to uh, block them or ban them from the from the platform and then they there was some appeals made because they weren't allowed to you know ban them or block them but this looks like it is it been overturned or is it going to be overturned where are we with this well now? what what the u.s supreme court have said is that the original decision by the court to say that um, uh, LinkedIn couldn't stop them uh, was wrong. So now it goes back to the court that made the decision to make another decision to have another go at it, basically, uh, as I understand it. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is uh, a, a good sign, I think. In term- well, this is the thing. In terms of something like LinkedIn, I think we all, if we put our LinkedIn profile data up in public we all expect it to be publicly accessible we don't expect other companies to then monetize that information which is essentially what was happening here it was taking all the information and turning it into a, a source of data about people and so yeah i, I think uh, I, I think this is it working as it should do uh, we should we don't expect our data to be scraped and used elsewhere uh, or i think most of us wouldn't um, where there is potentially problems with saying that um Scra- uh, unauthorized scraping can't happen is if you look at things like researchers um, and journalists who are looking at things like I don't know there's been people who've uh, taken data from Facebook news feeds to assess uh, the political uh, spectrum of opinions people see on their news feeds and things like that and uh, you know they've been shut down by Facebook or whatever and yeah you know, is that a good idea because you know people should be able to uh, understand the way society works and the way society works a lot of the time these days is through social media 
So if we don't understand how people are communicating through social media via independent research, which often can involve scraping to collect lots of data, then that's a problem. But yeah, this has gone back down to uh, the other court to decide, the lower court to decide um, on the next way forward. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if scraping finds its way back up to the US Supreme Court within the next few years, um, uh, because this is a, an issue that will uh, keep on going. Yeah, I'm interested again. One of those ones that you know, what do other people think who are listening to this you know about in terms of what the rights and wrongs of your public profile data, which you put on there, being scraped um, in a more industrial way, or just the fact that maybe, well, to be honest, like you say, it's not the fact that it's public because you're happy with that. It's the volume that someone's doing it and the, the, the incentives and motivations they've got for for scraping that uh, public data and and how that might be used in ways maybe that uh, you wouldn't want them to be or wouldn't expect them to be, uh, in, and certainly not in that method. But um, but yeah, if you've got thoughts on that again, and shout out or give us a, give us a flag on the emojis. Um, but let's talk some other bits and pieces. There's some other stories going on regarding Facebook. So um, a couple of bits that come to mind is the uh, oversight board. They're now adding um, off the back of a recommendation. They're now adding um, an exemption for satire to the community standards at, on face, at Facebook. So that's a, another kind of win, I guess, for the oversight board in general. Um, and uh, there's another piece this week in Engadget about Facebook's. Um, asked the oversight board to help shape its um, doxing policy and is wanting advice on a, on a new policy it's for the first it's the, it's the first time that they've done that for some reason i thought facebook is a yeah well well uh, normally it's they're wanting input from the oversight board um on cases that are disputed whereas this is like mm. we're shaping new policy um let's get some help from the oversight board on it so it's expanding the oversight board's scope essentially and uh, mm. it is interesting to see uh, the oversight board for me from my perspective is actually working better than many people expected a lot of people thought it would be kind of like a, a facebook stooge and do it. it would be uh, you know just doing maybe not doing exactly what mark zuckerberg wanted all the time but uh, that it wouldn't really change much at facebook necessarily and it might make some difficult decisions for facebook so it can shirk the responsibility but it wouldn't really change much but it does seem to be you know if you look at um, some of the actions it's taking as a result of uh, uh, the uh, its response to the Trump uh, ban. Um, I think uh, they are clearly uh, doing better at a lot of things than uh, some people expected. Uh, there was a Wall Street Journal article this week, after Trump ban, Facebook oversight panel pushes for more say. Uh, so, um, so yeah, uh, they're looking for more. The, the panel members are, uh, well, they're expanding, uh, which we knew was going to happen anyway. Uh, they're, they're looking for more members, but uh, also they're looking to have more of a say over Facebook's future as well. Um, yes, and also in Facebook news, there's a couple other things. Uh, they tested publicly the uh, their clubhouse style audio rooms feature this week. So they did a testing. It was only if you're in the US you could access it, or would have seen sort of promotion of it within the app, where it said that Mark Zuckerberg, if you followed him, had scheduled an audio room, and then him and uh, a couple of the other product team, um, but I think Boz was in that call as well, uh, tested it out. I am um, obviously being in the UK, we weren't able to access the room, but um, but yeah, more public sightings and more. Experience experimentation in a beta kind of testing up way by them of, of their new audio rooms which i'm sure will be out soon enough and um, they've rolled out instagram and ads in reels now globally so if you um, you'll start seeing those uh, 
sort of popping up in your reels feed um not really much more to say about that other than there's going to be more ads on instagram isn't there uh, and more opportunities for advertisers i guess it depends on which side of the of the, the fence you're falling on in terms of your view on, on that, that particular news story um there's a bit about the um the deep fake stuff to be honest i didn't have a chance to go into detailed reading of it so i'm not going to try and pass comment did you have a read of this deep fake story martin about what they've done with some ai tech um, no, no, not particularly. It's one of those Let's ones. not talk <laughs> uneducatedly about that then. So we're trying no. to pretend we know and we don't know. Uh, and also Mark Zuckerberg's um, dropped out of Glassdoor's top 100 um, US CEOs for the first time since it, the, the list was conceived in 2013. So um, again, I don't think that's particularly shocking given the, the news that uh, Facebook gets uh, and the coverage that he gets uh, <laughs> these days. Um Twitter-wise, uh, so where are we now at this? This is, feels like a weekly update now. With what it's, Has Twitter done what India or Russia or any other country tells it has to do? <laughs> or has it said, screw you, we're not doing any of it? Where are we? That's more on that today. Yeah, so uh, Twitter has actually been uh, been punished in India uh, by uh, losing its um, legal um, shield, its legal protection, its safe harbour immunity uh, from prosecution. Uh, so basically, if uh, people, if users uh, say things that are illegal uh, or the government doesn't like, I suppose, um, on uh, uh, given the way the Indian government works um, on on Twitter, then uh, Twitter itself can be legally liable for it, and Twitter's executives, senior executives, can be legally liable for it. So this is obviously massively risky for uh, Twitter. It puts them in a, a difficult position. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot more we can say that we haven't said already, because we, what we've said um, in the past is that this is something that's going to get increasingly tricky for these companies. And at some point, they're going to have to decide, do we go out of these countries, you know, or do we just keep appeasing um, authoritarian governments? So a difficult situation for Twitter, uh, but it's just nudged on and become that little bit more difficult this week. I think the most appropriate gift for this is the one which is kind of like escalating. It's kind of getting worse. <laughs> it's getting more serious. Um, another thing that, again, I think I'd seen before, read somewhere before, but maybe it just wasn't a known thing for most people, that Twitter is saying that follow accounts don't include users who have been asked to confirm their password or phone number, but have yet to do so. And it's partly why sometimes you'll see um, you know fluctuations all the time of, of it going up and down if they've been you know challenged with a verification of their phone number, email or if it's a new account and they haven't yet done it that's kind of can be caused by these sorts of uh, scenarios um tiktok's owner bike dance has got a few quid um <laughs> they've their earnings in 2020 have surged 111 percent now they're um and with 1.9 billion users um i can't remember the figure i'm just bringing it open i did read this and i can't remember the exact number of how much profit it was have you got it there in open to um uh, well their gross profit rose 93 percent to 19 billion dollars uh, according Jeez. to uh, the, the CNBC report here, yeah, and uh, revenue uh, was thirty four point three billion, up one hundred and eleven percent year on year. <laughs> Christ, I'm just right scrolling down to see if I can see any more of the juicy stats that are in there because there were some big numbers in there. But yeah, pretty much they're making lots of money and they're going to continue to do so for some time, I would imagine. Um, also, quite interesting. It was um, surprising to hear that um, TikTok is has managed to oust youtube as the lead sponsor for vidcon mm. which was always Sign very much time. a youtube thing and and i don't know the detail of whether it was this something that they were, they were outbid or if this was more a case of uh they didn't really want to do it anymore or, or, or what um, but certainly tiktok is now you know got their name 
prize place in, in in front of the vidcon stuff so um yeah like you say martin it's a it's a sign of the times it, it, i think it was pretty dominated in the last year at least or even the last couple of years with with tiktok stars rather than youtubers so um we are wondering how much of the event will be dominated with stuff to do with that versus just about youtube and youtubers as yeah, well yeah youtube youtube um told variety that it had thoughtfully worked through its vidcon plans months ago um with uh, the top priority being the safety of creators fans and employees amid the uncertainty of large gatherings and covid19 restrictions so it seems to be saying that it maybe wanted a, a lower profile uh, appearance at the uh, at vidcon this year but I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're just putting a brave face on it and they lost out. We don't know. But uh, I think that uh, it's certainly interesting to see TikTok on the rise in terms of its visibility as a, an official partner uh, with VidCon, which is obviously a, a massive uh, event every year in the uh, online video and uh, kind of influencer worlds. Yeah, yeah, and another new YouTube-related news. Uh, they, a ban, there's a ban now on Masterhead ads um, uh, related to Masterhead ads relating to alcohol, gambling, politics, and elections. And uh, there's a few extra rules, and few, so therefore a few less uh, um, less options for for the big advertisers who want to use those uh, big spots. Um, so it's not really directly related to social in the way we normally talk about it. But BuzzFeed um, is um, joining in this whole like rewarding people for creating content um, or basically trying to get content on the cheap is what i saw it as in yeah. terms of the numbers <laughs> because they're offering the headline is kind of along the lines of up to ten thousand dollars for viral posts that you you know end up being written in the community section and be you know put on on buzzfeed but the, the, they pull the levers there in terms of, of content anyway in terms of where they want to get more visibility on something but also there is a tiered approach to this and mm. uh, for so you could there's going to be a lot of content that will be perfectly good at you know supplying them with lovely page views and therefore you know and making their advertisers very happy um, and it will cost them very little to do it far less than uh, hiring a decent uh, writer or journalist or whatever to 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 churn out good content they're buying on the cheap is my assessment off there or is that what you yeah yeah it's worth reading um in the newsletter um just below that we've got um the uh discourse blog um uh, post about it which says buzzfeed's community com- Buzz- buzzfeed's community scam is a nightmare come true and yeah it's basically saying it, it's uh, asking um, writers to pay for very little uh, to, to create great content for very little money and yeah um uh, for 150,000 to 499,999 page views, uh, you get $150, which, you know, I was getting more than that when I was freelancing. When I first started at the Next Web over 10 years ago, I was getting more than that for 1,000 page views. So <laughs> it's like, and what's, come on. What's the page view number for $10,000? I can't remember what the threshold uh, you need, was. Uh, Four million plus. <laughs> four million what? page views to get your 10 grand yeah yeah and and the thing is i mean i think a lot of people forget that buzzfeed is like a, a community platform and you can actually post to it without being staffed there uh and you know it's not something that a lot of people do i don't think but um so they're obviously just trying to uh cash in on this whole idea of creators uh being paid money uh, by saying hey look you can create for money here but when you're also a professional journalistic enterprise that is paying salaries to actual journalists to create content alongside that it does look opportunistic and uh, yeah especially at the low end it's um it it, it reeks of exploitation exploitation sadly 
Yeah, um, a couple of other bits of news as well. Um, Snapchat's removed um, the speed filter, which is going to kind of give you a, uh, an incentive to go off and be feel like you're in need for speed game or something or, or Fast and Furious. And they, they, I think they've seen that there's there's lots of issues with it. NPR have got a story, and I only caught this story this morning, so I've skin read sort of the headlines. But certainly that that's been removed, um, and there's all sorts of uh, bits in NPR's piece about uh, the reasons and why falls for, for all of that. Um, and Chrissy Teigen has apologised for bullying people online, which. Um, which considering that um, that was one of the reasons why I think she decided to come off of Twitter because of people trolling her and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's been a couple of news stories now where she's felt the need to apologize or has done maybe what some might say is the same sort of behavior she was, you know, not you know saying was wrong. So anyway, there's been some apology from her and BBC News covered it, as did um, a few others. Um, I'm just going to scroll through some of the other bits we've got in here. There's a few tools and useful um, features. There's a new smart crop feature now for um, video videos through the Creator Studio tool that Facebook provides uh, provides everyone who wants to access it. Um, so have a look at that. It's in social media to take the details, but it, um, it sort of tries to use some tech it's got to crop it in the right way for the bit of the video that's going to be the most engaging and uh, and get you know, the bits that need to be seen. So it could be a, a good time saver and, and also boost your performance in videos on the platform. Um, the information, uh, they've um, also put out a nice uh, graphic um, that is worth looking at, which is a neat summary of uh, all the different platforms um, that are doing audio or do some sort of audio features. So if you have a look again in the newsletter for that, you'll find a nice handy summary of it. Um, yeah, Chris Messina put out a tweet this week about a um, Google capture, recapture um, sort of thing to, for verification that we all get. And on the picture, it's um, select all the squares that contain a bicycle. And then, then the squares have got a picture of a bike which has got flowers over it by a roadside, which is clearly someone's, you know, tribute to someone who's died and so and some, so somehow captures decided to have a little dark mode um because it's <laughs> very very dark capture for you to be suddenly confronted with um so anyway quite it's both amusing but also quite sad and uh yeah, yeah. You never know. is that one you can laugh at or not laugh at yeah it, it's kind of dark humor isn't it yes, yeah exactly. um, it, yeah just the the perils of automation absolutely i'll d- just run through some of the other quick things like small things features that seem to be being tested or spotted that are, uh, are quite useful to people or that might be coming soon. Um, and then we'll have a look at the weekend reads and wrap up to today's and see uh, what we've got. Um, so somebody's um, search and says now you can search um, within the um, Facebook news. So you can search the headlines within the news section of, of the app. So for those who've got access to the Facebook news feature, um, that's an additional uh, function you, you can do before. Um, also, uh, Instagram has launched support for group fundraisers which is uh, again for certain types of organization or or, um, or charities it's going to be very useful and apparently they're working on a, pal- a new pastel palette brush with lots of nice soft colors um that's been um, spotted which could be uh, good for i guess depending if you've got what sort of products you're trying to sell or what kind of uh, colors you like um close friends seems to be maybe coming up for a change because at the moment there's been a couple of variations of whether it's going to be renamed as selected followers or private post or or something that doesn't just say close friends which i suppose is probably more fitting because although it that feels more of a friendly kind of way of calling it um it's not necessarily friends that, close friends you want to show it to there's there could be all sorts of reasons why you limit it to 
a set number of people. So maybe they wanted to be a bit more inclusive of uh, other ways that people are using that feature. So that that might be changing soon. And they're also working on a, a, a new sticker for um, called um, collab- uh, collaborative, oh, no, called the collaborative posts uh, and a co-author for posts. So that should be um, interesting as well. And IGTV has got a live video tab in it now, which uh, for a long time it hasn't had at all. Um, scroll down for some of the Twitter ones. They're still working on a reactions picker. So you might soon be able to put, you know, a reaction emoji against uh, all uh, the tweets that you want to dunk, uh, I guess. Um, but uh, that might be on its way as well. Uh, just getting any other ones that are quite worth looking about. No, I think those are the main ones. And Snapchat's also working on uh, ability to share your live location with friends and also reactions to messages, uh, like emoji reactions to messages. So um, there's a ton more in there of things that are very new that are not reported in the news that you might find interesting. But um, Weekend Reads, uh, yeah, um, what has been your highlight from these this week, Martin? Uh, so I really enjoyed um, Ed Zitron's piece. Um, uh, Ed's um, Substack, uh, Where's Your Ed At, is uh, well worth uh, subscribing to if you like uh, kind of looking into uh, kind of culture, online culture uh, in a kind of, uh, you know, the, the darker side of online culture and uh, how media works and all of that. Uh, so his piece uh, this week uh, was Newsrooms Need to Treat online Coordinated Online Attacks on Reporters Like Propaganda and Act Like They're at war so that's more journalism than it is social media but it's got a social media aspect to it because obviously we're talking about uh, online social media attacks on journalists but this is how newsrooms should respond because all too often they uh, kind of uh, the bosses kind of look at this uh, these complaints against one of their journalists and go oh well no the journalist did wrong we'll fire the journalists or reprimand the journalists or something when actually uh, they just need to learn how Gamergate worked and uh, how that all uh, went off and how it was all kind of coordinated attacks on people and uh, you know years later um, a lot of these managers in media haven't learned that and they really need to absolutely yeah that is a good piece i have any um started that um, um, earlier on before this session actually so i need to finish that article off but um, there's some other good ones in there and there's a piece um by uh, the verge which is uh, attending an in- inside the in real life clubhouse dinner party um uh, which is a great read it's a good long read uh, to have to take a look at um and there's also what was the other one i just scrolled down that i read that's really good oh there's i think it's uh, on cnet let me check oh no vox um the problem with facebook's attempt to be more like next door and this is talking about kind of the kind of making an admins and community people uh, more in charge of setting the rules for those communities and then kind of moderation and things and, and the risks and, and that, that that brings with it and how that's affected and platforms like next door and maybe that is not a good way to go so that's worth a read on vox if you get a chance um so a nice um, read about uh, on the guardian about this incident with coca-cola and ronaldo you know pushed the, the soft drinks away and, and and how much that kind of tarnished the one of the lead sponsors of these events uh, and him being so influential as well particularly on instagram like a million pound million dollars of postage charges or something now um you uh, yeah so the guardian talks a bit about you know in, in, in the age of social media and uh, and big powerful influencers and sponsors and things and how this this can play out uh, not in the favor of the brands uh, more in the, in the favor of the influencer um yeah those are all great reads uh i think that is it uh, is there anything else we haven't covered no i think i think we are wrapped up for the week normally what happens round about now is some massive social media news breaks and we just miss it by minutes but uh, maybe that won't happen today <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think we're all right. We're all safe. So yeah, thank you everybody for joining us. This is what has been recorded and we will put it out as a podcast in the Spacecasts feed for those who want to play it back and they forget something that we talked about and want to kind of go back to it. It'll be available probably today, tomorrow, something like that, maybe. Um, and yeah, if you have a chance to check out the, the Diary of a Social Media Manager, a new newsletter, which you'll find linked to all over the place at the start of my Geek Out newsletter and across my social feed, or just search the Diary of a Social Media Manager um, on Twitter. It's worth a read because I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun um, when it comes out officially on the 1st of July. Right, that's my plug, plug done. I'm going to off now because it's the footy tonight, isn't it? It's England, Scotland, 8 o'clock UK time. Um, so everywhere up my family becomes at war with each other because we have different nationalities and everything else. Um, so are you off to watch it? Yeah, I'm one of these rare people who doesn't actually have any interest in football. But uh, if it's an England game, I, uh, I, I give it a go. So, uh, yeah, I, I might cast an eye over it. <laughs> oh, well, awesome stuff. Have a great weekend, everybody. And thanks for joining us. And I'll chat to you again same time, uh, same place next week. Bye.